Freedom to Choose, brought to you by Just As I Am Ministries, giving hope to people caught in the devastation of addiction. Hosts Rich and Susan Kohlenberg found freedom from 25 years of out-of-control drug and alcohol addiction. They are living testimonials, and in their series, The Kingdom of God, What Went Wrong with the Human Brain, Rich and Susan share messages on the problems we face and how Jesus Christ is the remedy to reasoning and thinking right thoughts. Learn how to break free from the chains that may bind you or your loved ones. Here's Rich and Susan on Freedom to Choose. Hello, everyone. My name is Rich Collenberg. And my name is Susan Collenberg. And once again, we want to welcome you to the series, Kingdom of God, What Went Wrong with the Human Brain. And we're talking about uh, about the selfishness and the condition of the, of the human mind and about the infection that needs to be cured. You know, we're not born guilty. We're born infected with fear and selfishness. We got it from Adam. So we and need a we need a remedy. We need a remedy. remedy. Yes. We need a remedy. Right. When we right. got the right doctor, we mm-hmm. just got to trust the doctor. Right. Uh, Susan, can you open with a word of prayer, please? Yes. Loving Father in heaven, we're thankful that you are the right doctor for each one individually, that we can trust in your, um, in your diagnosis and in your remedy. And we just pray now that you will send your Holy Spirit to be with us all. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Last time we talked about coming out of Egypt and what that actually represented. Um, So what did we determine last time on a biblical basis? Yeah, you know, and what we're going to do is we're going to review coming out of Egypt again, uh, just uh, the first part, because uh, this all kind of ties together. But coming out of Egypt represents leaving the old ways behind. But not only the old ways, not only the behavior, but dealing with the root cause, not just the symptom. Right, because we said last week that, um, you know, I think Rich said it, but, uh, you know, I didn't have a, a drug or an alcohol problem. I had a problem staying sober. I didn't like myself sober. So until I had healing um, in my brain and, and everything um until that begins, the healing, the symptoms of the disease, the drugs and the alcohol are not going to go away. Those are just symptoms. It's They're, not the root cause. Not the root cause. Just the way it's manifested. Yep, yep. We are cir- we're constantly we're in fear and we're searching for pain so, relief. Right. So we're all we're all manifesting our symptoms of fear and selfishness in our own way. Right. Now, the story in Exodus teaches us that there's only one way out of Egypt. And let's look at the story. First, what is Egypt? Egypt is the old ways. Mm-hmm. So let's let's look at the process. Look at the story of coming out of Egypt. And we're going to condense the story. Um, and, and now in, in reference to the, the sacrificial lamb, in Exodus 12, 5, we read, Then they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts. Then eat the flesh, staff in hand, and in haste. Now I've kind of con- I boiled that down, but basically, put blood on the doorposts, eat the lamb, and be ready to go. Right. So what is the what is the blood on the on the doorpost represent? Um, in Revelation three verse twenty, as uh, Jesus says, "Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and eat with him, and he with me." So what does the door represent? Okay, like we said last time, what is it? What is what, it represents our heart? Door of our heart. And and so you know why is he knocking? Why does he have to knock on why the door have, of our why heart? Why do you knock on somebody's door? Right to 
to see if you can come in to have yeah. them open it. Have them open right. it because he's yeah because he's knocking because he's on the outside. Right. Um, now, what does he want to do with you if you let him in? Uh, he wants to dine, right? And he wants you to dine. And this is what Jesus is referring to uh, when he said in in John six fifty three, truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Right, and John uh, 6.54 says, Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on that last day. Okay, so basically the message is this. If you don't let Christ in your heart, paint the blood on the doorway, on, on the doorposts, and, and if you don't assimilate his character, in other words, if you don't, as he says, partake, eat the, eat the lamb. Get to know him. Get to know him. You're not getting out of Egypt. There's a process described here that's essential for the beginning of he- healing. And, and remember, uh, who's holding us captive in the story? Who's Pharaoh represent? Remember, Pharaoh's, Pharaoh's holding us captive. Right. In, in Ezekiel 29.3, the Bible says, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am against you, Pharaoh, king of Egypt, the great dragon that lies in the midst of his streams. Right. Who's the dragon? It's Satan. So who's Pharaoh represent in the story? Satan. So what does Satan do in the story? What he does is he holds God's children captive by putting them in, in, in slavery and taking them farther and farther away from God by go, by directing them to go after other gods. And what does he do to us? He tempts us to go after other gods. And when we do, it warps our characters. We get further and further away from him, and we turn to anything and everything but the image of God. Right. So then God knocks on the door of our hearts, shows us how worthless our gods are, just like he did to Pharaoh. Remember the flies, the frog, the Nile, and there was 10 plagues, and all those plagues were were God showing Pharaoh that the things that he was worshiping were worthless, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so he knocks on our door of our heart, and we have to make a decision. Right. We need, we, God leaves the decision up to us. He, we are either going to let him in or we're going to harden our hearts against him, but the decision is completely ours. Yeah. Are we going to continue using every other kind of medication— those things that temporarily ease pain, but in the meantime take us farther and farther from God, like what was happening in Egypt, or do we get it, make a decision to leave leave Egypt? Right, and so what happened um, to me before I began the process of leaving the Egypt of my own making, God showed me that all the forms of pain relief that I was using were actually killing me. They were not helping me. These were my gods of Egypt. You have a few gods. Do you still have a few? I, I do. You know, God's still you God's can, still ripping out the Egypt that is still remaining in my brain. Yeah, we can tell when we're being consumed by certain things and where it's doing damage, and you can feel that cortisol in your brain, in your bloodstream and the sickness and the ick when we get you know right it could be the anything from the stress of work or or the the fear of not belonging or. Um, uh, and, you know, not having enough. There's just so much c- that can drive us from God and drive us to to our own self um, actions to take care of everything. Right, right. So we, so then, you know, of course, we look at Pharaoh and and, and we look at the story um, and say how lame and how hard-hearted he was. We look at other people. We can see them going through stuff and putting uh, putting other things ahead of God and wondering how on earth they can do that. And, and and how hard-hearted they are. We can point to everybody else. 
Right. And always and see, you know, and we can see all their deficiencies, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And 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 really in reality, what's it about? That Pharaoh. Yeah, so who who is Pharaoh? Who is Pharaoh really? You know, it, we're the ones that it's us because yeah. we put ourselves in bondage. It's our own carnal nature. Right. You know, it's you know, like we said earlier, it's easy easy for God to get you out of Egypt, but it's really difficult for him to get Egypt out of you. Yes, and that's what we want, you know, getting getting out of Egypt uh, is a start. It's a start. It's where we all need to start. Yeah, painting that blood on the doorpost, allowing Christ into your heart beginning the process of assimilating his character and and coming out, you know, being ready to go, get out of Egypt. In other words, a lot of us, we stop the bad behaviors and that process, but then God gets down to that root of that problem mm-hmm. that's causing causing us to, uh, you know, have those, have those manifestations, those addictions. Right. Yeah. That's so that's just the start. And so, you know, a lot of times we can we can go to church, we can do all these things, memorize scripture and and just do really good things. And that like we're not supposed to that we do when we're no longer in Egypt, but they are to no avail if we don't let Christ come in and do that changing and assimilate his character and allow him to get that Egypt out of us. Right. Because Egypt's got to come out of us, you know, Um, like like. Like uh, the Bible says in Malachi 3, that he wants to purge the sons of Levi, purge them as gold and silver. Purge of what? Of course, it's fear and selfishness, because mm-hmm. that will kill you. Right. So how? So the, So then we come to the big question, because I still struggle with coming out of, how getting Egypt out of me. How does Egypt come out of us? You know, we talked about the process of coming out of Egypt, but what is the rest of the process? We remember that God told them they should eat the lamb with the staff in hand and be ready to leave, leave to go where? Um, we, We can go back to the story and look and see what happens to the children of Israel when the Lord directs Moses to bring them to the edge of the Red Sea. Right, because they leave. Right. They leave and then... They decide to get out of bondage and to start their path towards God. Yep. And Pharaoh has a little buyer's remorse, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. He's angry with himself that he's lost all of his slaves. So what does he do? Goes after him. He made ready. <laughs> yeah, Exodus fourteen six. He made ready his chariot, and took his army with him, and took six hundred chosen chariots and all other chariots of Egypt with officers all over all of them. And the Egyptians pursued them, the Hebrews, all Pharaoh's horses and all the chariots and all of his horsemen and his army, and overtook them encamped at the sea. Wow. So when Pharaoh drew near, the people of Israel lifted up their eyes and behold, the Egyptians the Egyptians were marching after them and they feared greatly. And the people of Israel cried out to the Lord. Exodus 14, 11, they said to Moses, what have you done to us bringing us out of Egypt? Is not this what we said to you in Egypt? Leave us alone that we might serve the Egyptians. For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. You see the battle here. The human condition likes to serve the carnal nature. It likes slavery. As soon as things get tough, what are they? They're longing we to go to back. We want to run back. We want to run right. back to the old ways. Right. We want, we'd, we'd be better off. I know it was hard, well, but we'd be the, better off. Because you go back to that, what's familiar to you. Right. Right. So it it's contrary to to the carnal nature, 
to come out of Egypt. Mm -hmm. So God leads us to a place where there is, humanly speaking, no way out. We need a miracle. God does this so that we can see our need for him. And if we can see our need for him, he can get Egypt out of us. Right. Have you ever stood next to the ocean with the waves crashing? Do you feel big or really small in the situation? Can you imagine what was going through their minds? That direction was not an option for them, but it was for God. You know, and a miracle. We are, one of our favorite places is Bodega Bay. And if I'm, you know, if I'm starting to get down and out and not trusting God, all I got to do is stand by that ocean and hear those waves crashing and get a sense of how big God is and realize, wow, he's holding all this water in this big pond. And it only goes so far (laughs) and, you know. He's doing all that and he can't take care of my little problem. And uh, so, no, you feel awfully, awfully small. So this is the first thing we got to understand when we begin the process of allowing the Lord to get Egypt out of us, that it can be painful and it can be scary. Trusting the Lord is hard for someone who's trusted in themselves their whole life. And this is why getting Egypt out of us is a lifetime process, lifelong, right? Yep. But the Red Sea experience is definitely crucial. Now, God tells Moses to tell the people something, something that is huge. And to us, it seems probably almost funny, but given the situation, it's actually very serious. Let's start in Exodus 14, 13. Okay, so, and Moses said to the people, Fear not, stand firm, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today shall never see, you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you, and you have only to be silent. And here's the, here's the almost comical part. The Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the people of Israel to go forward. Simple, but not easy. Addiction recovery is simple, but it's not easy. And any change in our character, it's like there's a simple remedy, but it is definitely not easy. Right, it requires effort. Right. And trust. And trusting the physician. And, and willing to walk through the fear and the pain. That's right. In any, in any situation, trusting the Lord, uh, now, it is, is the key to the whole thing, putting your trust in that doctor, that what he's prescribed for you in this situation is just what you need. Right. That's it. And so let's go back to Exodus 14, 16. Uh, lift up your staff and stretch. This is he's speaking to Moses. Lift up your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it, and the people of Israel may go through the sea on dry ground. And the people of Israel went into the midst of the sea on dry ground, the waters being a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. Oh, the waters being a wall to wow. them. Now put yourself there. Put yourself there. Now, you know, standing, we were just talking about standing by the ocean and how them waves crashing, the thunder and all that water and how small you feel. This, and, and, and then God and then is, the And then the water walls, separates. Water separates. Now you've got these two walls of water that you're looking at that should collapse, you know, at any time. Uh, it's not a fun place to be right now, uh-huh. right? So who does Moses represent in the metaphor? It's Christ. So what is this? What is the reality that this is pointing to? Well, for Israel, there's no way out of the situation 
but to trust God completely. And to trusting God completely is the process that he uses to get Egypt out of us. It. Painful, frightening experiences where there is literally no way out. Because once things are broken, there are no pain-free cures. There is no magic pill. Rehab is is painful, and as true Christians, we should all consider ourselves in rehab, not just the drug addict or not the alcoholic. This this planet is sick. Yeah, we are addicted to the things of this world, to the things of uh, that um, that bind us, that have us in bondage. Bondage. We all have a choice to make: either we get into the rehab, go in for the change, or we just continue to live in our illness. Sad part about it is, is, is the disease that we have causes us to be blind to the very disease that we have. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the danger of the disease. That we're okay. Yeah, that we're okay. See, when Paul began to get this mm-hmm. in Rome, he's he's identifying, which is which is this is great because he's identifying right now that there is some Egypt in him. Mm-hmm. And he's got a real problem with it. In Romans seven fourteen, he says, we know that the law is spiritual, but I am mortal, sold as a slave to sin. There's that slave language again. I do not understand what I do for what I don't do, I, for I don't do what I would like to do, but instead I do what I hate. Romans seven sixteen. since I do what is, since what I do is what I don't want to do, this shows that I agree that the law is right. So I'm not really the one who does this thing, rather it's, the sin, or the, I'm going to say, the Egypt that lives in me. So now let's go back to the story uh, of of the of the Egyptians pursuing uh, pursuing the, the the Hebrews. Okay, and we're in Exodus fourteen twenty three. The Egyptians pursued and went in after them into the midst of the sea. All Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, and his horsemen. Then the Lord said to Moses, "Stretch out your hand over the sea, and the, that the water may come back upon the Egyptians." upon their chariots, and upon their horsemen. So Moses stretched his hand over the sea, and the sea returned to its normal course when the morning appeared. And the Egyptians fled into it, and the Lord threw the Egyptians into the midst of the sea. Okay, and 14.28 says, The waters returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen and all of the host of Pharaoh that had followed them into the sea. Not one of them remained. But the people of Israel walked on dry ground through the sea, the waters being a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. Thus the Lord saved Israel that day from the hand of the Egyptians, and Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. So who ends up safe on the other shore? It's the it's the people that chose to follow Moses. Which is the people that chose to follow Christ. Right. Right? Yes. Who ends up dead on the shore? It's Pharaoh and his army. You see, the metaphor is pointing to a reality here. Every time we go through a Red Sea experience where we truly trust God, where we, as God said to Moses, go forward and come out the other side, we should become out stronger. We should be able to look back and see part of our carnal nature dead on the shore. It's our carnal nature that chases us, just like Pharaoh chased those Hebrews. It's that carnal nature that that wants us back. You know, you're wanting to go back to the old ways. You know, you come out of Egypt, but that, like Paul is saying, I want to do good, but Egypt is still in me. 
Right. He's he's a man that's struggling with the with that that flesh nature that mm-hmm. is that is still there. Still there. You know all the habits, all the the ingrained things that he thinks and the, and the way how he treats people. But he has that desire to be a different person, and he's continuing to have tr- th- to press pra- forward. Right. Praise God. Right. In right. Romans eight, he yeah. says, you know, he There's he. N- there's no more condemnation against me. So yeah. he knows who to go to. He's going to go back to that doctor because he sees that he's got the disease. Yeah. You know, he see, and, and it's painful for him. Yeah. But God, um, you sometimes can use painful experiences not only to draw us closer to him, but to eradicate the fear that is locked up so deep in our hearts. That fear is what is killing us. And, you know, sometimes for an addict, it seems that the easy way to go is just to go back to Egypt. Because there's just too many frightening, too un, too much unknown, too um, you know, just too too many inconsistencies in life for them to try to venture into a new life. The way the way is too new. And you know what? It's not the pain that gets us; it's the fear of the pain. Pain is big, but fear is bigger. Life truly becomes a wilderness experience for anyone who truly comes to Christ. Now, what are the next? What are the next few things that happen as they head into the wilderness? And uh, we're getting close to the end here. Maybe we can get to one of the things that, that happened. Let's look at Exodus fifteen twenty. Okay, that's the story about Miriam. And so she's a prophet. So fifteen twenty, the prophet Miriam, Aaron's sister, took her tambourine, and all the women followed her, playing tambourines and dancing. Miriam sang for them, sing to the Lord, because he has won a glorious victory. He has thrown the horses and their riders into the sea. So the question is, has God taken care of your enemies? Has his perfect love cast out fear in your life? Then we should all be rejoicing. But we always need to remember there will soon come another trial that we that will soon cause us to realize once again that we are not in control. We're not in control, you know. And, and when you're standing on the shore and, 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 and the Egyptian army is behind you, and there's an ocean in front of you, and the only way out is for God to part the sea. You realize you are not in control, and and it, so it's so much easier to go back to what you know. It seems like it doesn't and, it? because sometimes you have to walk. We have to walk away from everything, and sometimes that could be in a church, right? That you need to walk away if 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 it's not bringing you closer to Jesus, and it's just an outward outward show of something, but you're dead in the heart. Then, then it, that's God's calling, you know, and it's a painful experience. It's painful to step out and try new things and go where God has called and asked, and and you know, experience new emotions and uh, be willing to give up whatever, yeah. anything, and everything that stands in your way, and really seeking to serve God and to know Him better. Yeah, and it's all, that's what it's all about. And when that and that what that happens, and the way you know that it's it's you're on the right track is that you love God more, and you love your fellow man more. That that is the ultimate desire that God has for each individual. That you love Him more, and you love your brother more. Well, not only that, I, you know, the more I, I get trouble sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> the more I study about Christ like I, life. Because you know we're 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 commanded, of course, to love them, and you know you can't command love. Right, love has to be freely given. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I I like him. I not only love him, I like him. Right, 
I like everything about him. I like the way he treats people. I like the way he carries himself. I like what he's here to do. I like the way he condescended. I like his humbleness. I like his leaving his majesty and coming down. I like the metaphor of him being a man, a lamb. I like all everything about it. I like it. It's beautiful. It's just so beautiful. It's so beautiful. You know, the more you see of it, the more it changes your own heart. Because yeah. that's what that's what this is all about what is restoring about. a right mind and within each individual person, and it's and it. and you have to open the door. Right. I think next time we're going to have to carry on with this and and talk about the water and the manna and and more of Egypt coming out of us. Um, it was, it'd be a, I think that'd be a good. The wonderful thing is that we have a leader that won't fail us. That's right. Now, if you're new to the program. You can go to our website and just listen to the programs that have already been aired at www.justasiamministries.org and just click the Listen Now button. And you can also shoot us a call. We have free resources at 916-645-1297. Remember, folks, there's only two ways to live your life. One is like nothing is a miracle, and the other is like everything is a miracle. And you have the freedom to choose. Do I love my neighbor? Thank you for listening to Freedom to Choose in the series, The Kingdom of God, What Went Wrong with the Human Brain? If you or someone you know is living in the captivity of addiction and having trouble finding freedom, Rich and Susan Kallenberg are living testimonials that God does work miracles. They've created a seven-step biblically-based handbook and a recovery workbook to move those you love toward freedom. If you'd like to order the Addiction Recovery Workbook for yourself, someone you know, or your church, Call Rich and Susan at 916-645-1297 or go to justasiamministries.com and they'll send one to you. As a nonprofit, they are supported by people like you. Contact them at 916-645-1297 or online at justasiamministries.com. Thank you for listening. And remember, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you.